Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Hey, listen. Oh. What's wrong with the Mavericks? Oh, Let's damn. Get just, right get it. It. just get right Let's into get it. Just get right huh? into it. What's wrong with the Mavericks? Um, unlike my other fellow Knicks fans, I'm a basketball fan first. So I don't, it, we have their pick. So if they do bad, I, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm not wishing them to do bad because I, I rooted for them last year in the playoffs to be like an underdog team to take off uh, the Clippers. So I thought they could be the same type of team this year. Maybe wouldn't be, you know, as low of a seed, but I didn't think they were going to be like a top seed either. They'd be right there in the middle of the pack and they would be one of the top teams. I mean, one of the teams that the top teams didn't want to face in a seven game series. But as of right now, I think, what are the 11th in the West? Could be lower. Um, The last four games that they've lost, I got it in front of me. Uh, They're 30th and three point percentage at 29.6, which was their bread and butter last year. They shot the three ball great uh they're 30th in defensive efficiency they're 29th in average point differential uh and the same thing with their four first quarters they're just atrocious shooting in the first quarter they're 14 percent three-point shooting in the first quarter those last four games as well and the other kind of bad thing is Porzingis is playing those last four games where so they don't have that excuse it's like oh Porzingis right he's, he's no they're missing they're missing Maxi Kleber so that that's the big that's the big reason. As soon as Maxi Kleber come back, everything will be okay. I'm yeah. sure they wish it was that easy. That's no, but on, honestly, me and Mike were talking about this yesterday because um, when they were down by 20 in the first quarter, I think I tweeted, like, there's no way that the Mavericks lose to the Jazz two times in a row without Donovan Mitchell. And um, somebody in my comment section was like, yeah, our GM kind of screwed us over. And, and and he was more talking about, you remember that trade, the Seth Curry for uh, Josh Richardson trade? We saw it in, in person or when it first happened, it was like, oh, this is one of the rare win-win trades where both teams walk away with what they want. But like you just mentioned, they can't shoot the damn ball. Josh Richardson shoot at 30% from three this season they would love to have Seth, Seth Curry back right now like obviously that's not the main that's not the only thing that's wrong with it but that Trey hurts Chris Stapps has been ass since he's come back this season just keeping it a buck he has been getting dominated by pretty much any big and we know it's not his play style to like take advantage of like super mismatches but sometimes teams just play their smaller defender on him and he'll sit at the perimeter you know yeah. at seven three you'd want him to like put his ass on uh, on, on one of the small on Royce O'Neal and back him down and get an easy bucket, but he, he just doesn't play like that. Um, so he's been bad. Uh, Luca hasn't been great. I know his counting stats are good, but he hasn't been great overall. The team is just kind of dumpster fire right now. And then that that kind of goes to what I think Derek wanted to talk about today, as far as like when it comes to like the the trade deadline, should they be buyers? Should they? You know what I'm saying? Do do they try to take the slow approach? Because we've talked about it before of some teams trying to speed up their process because they got such a good player. Like Luca's that guy. They want to speed up their process, try to build a team around him while he's on a rookie contract. Should they be buyers in the trade deadline? Should they be buyers in the trade market? Like I, right now, like you said, super disappointed. But I I don't know what direction they should go from here. Yeah, because like you said, their assets aren't playing up the par anyway. So it, it might make teams a little less less if he'd even try to go out and pursue anybody even like josh richardson he, i think he would be a guy that teams might want but right now it's just like no i don't want him like you're not gonna really give up much for him so um and then they also had a stretch where guys were out for COVID. they went through a stretch like that so uh, i don't know the direction of this team it seems like defensively they're not there they give up a lot of points um yeah, like you said, Luca's been shooting a career low in the three ball, so that's pretty bad. So it's not really much to just say what they can improve on. It's just like, can they get it together? I think they're gonna keep this team. This team gonna be there. Um, it's just when will it click? And I just don't know when that will be. I, I, yeah, I mean, the the thing I, I thought about most is just like last year. The, what made this team so deadly is not only Luca doing what his do, but like they had one of the best offenses in history. You know, and that's what kind of kept them going. But without Seth, without Messi, like their most consistent shooters, Josh Richardson is not some shooter that like he's a, when he's on when he's on fire, he's a decent shooter at best, mm-hmm. right? So, first of all, they're gonna need spacing to continue because they're they're gonna people teams are gonna start playing Luca differently. Next of all, I think you got to look at Christos Porzingis, and if you actually think that he is gonna be the dude, I know they said they won like when they first got him, that was gonna be their duo, but. That need first of all, the injuries have been piling up. He doesn't, he doesn't, he could be healthy, but it's not the same Chris Steps we know. Mm-hmm. Not the same Knicks All Star Chris Steps. He settles a lot for a lot of jump shots, 
and I'll, not only that, but like even the games where he's on fire, he's got like twenty some points. He's giving that back up too. It's not like his defense is outstanding. So you might actually have to look in like Kristaps for for the future if you feel like trading him. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't think he can be their second best player if their goal is to go on and win a championship. But honestly, this could be a case of us like overreacting to a stint. Like, I could definitely see this team racking off four, five, six in a row, and then everything we talk about doesn't matter. Because I think Dorian Finney-Smith just played his second game in the last 11. Like, he missed nine straight games. We just mentioned Chris Stapps, his, uh He missed a big portion of the season. He's only played, like, five games this season. They're still missing Maxi Kleba. Um, and, and, like, the stats that he said, at the end of the day, they're kind of just missing shots. Yeah. You know, they're just missing shots. So they can, I think they can rattle off three to four, and then they're back at the eighth seed that we'll be talking about them potentially jumping up again. Yeah, they just went through a tough strength of schedule right now. And then when you look at what they got coming up, it's pretty easy. Like, they got the – I mean, the Suns aren't easy, but it's easier than the games that they had. They got. They the just Suns. lost twice to the Jazz without Donovan Mitchell. That is, is That should be as easy as it gets, honestly. Those should be layup of wins. If I could, like – I just don't know names off the top of, the, top of my head, but if they're, like, dipping into that buyout market or anything like that, I, I would look at names that are guys that are just consistent. Guys I could depend on, like – if. Maybe they give me 10 points, but I know they're going to play some defense. And I know that's kind of like what Dorian Finney-Smith do. But players like like Josh Richardson, who he's inconsistent. Tim Hardaway Jr. is pretty inconsistent. I mean, when he's on, he's he's a pretty good shooter, but we know what he's doing. And it's just like they don't have those pieces that we can look around and it's just like, you know what, he's going to bring it this game, like every game, you know? Who on a buyout who, – who's going to be on a buyout market that's going to be like that? I think that's probably why they're going to be on a buyout market. You really can't depend on – like role players for me, that's that's the epitome of role players. You can't count on them consistently. You just need them to be like they have to have some type of trait that can fit with that team on a night in night basis. But I, I don't think you can go on a buyout market and look for a guy that's always gonna do something. You're all you're you're basically hoping that Luca and Perzingis is gonna be the consistent basis. So I think the question is kind of like what KB said. Is Luca? Can you? I mean, can you get where you want to with Luca? Yes, I think they have that solidified in their team. But the question you even said, it Mike, is the Przingis thing. Like long term, because you want to figure out the direction. You don't want to go and invest so many different things into this duo if you have any doubt. You know, you already don't have a first round pick for this year. So to Derek's point, uh, the assets that you could try to use to go get something. It's already limited because you, you you're down a pick, and then you're not really blowing anybody out of the water with your talent. Because if we're being honest, Luca kind of made everybody better last year. You know, like he was just you know driving and kicking, and they were hitting threes, and everybody looked so good. But like in reality, their team wasn't that. They, they played better than what they were. They had a great offense led by Luca and Przingis, and then the rest of the guys were hitting shots like Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry. So Trey Burke had his run. So, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be anybody on a buyout market like that. I think Chris Dasperzingas has to step up. Yeah. No doubt. Like, I think that's it. When he steps up, we don't really have to pay too much attention to what Josh Richardson is doing. But if Chris Dasperzingas is giving us 16 points, or at one point last night he had more fouls than points, then now it's like, damn, what, what did Josh – we're looking for what Josh Richardson is doing now. And Josh Richardson really shouldn't be in that role. That's kind of like how we were, how I was saying Derek was with Tobias. Josh Richardson is going to be Josh Richardson. Everything you said about Josh Richardson is right on, and we should expect that. Like when he's going and he's knocking down a shot, it's like, okay, he's, but he's still a solid shooter. He isn't like Seth Curry. So the nights he's not making it, I can't be like, oh man, Josh, because it's like I, we knew what we were getting. He's more so going to be a more consistent perimeter defender than Seth Curry, but he's never going to be the shooter that Seth Curry was. And that's what you sacrifice by doing it. So I just, I really think it, it, it it's Przingis that has to step up. And he can, you know, like KB says, it could be just something we're overreacted to in, in, in the first part of the season. Because last year, they started off rock, rocky, but the difference is they were still winning games while Przingis was getting his feet under him. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what's going to be on the buyout market that's going to be like, oh, that right there. Right, that's- yeah. No. To the Porzingis thing, uh, before you go, Mike, I'm looking at his statistics right now when he is the center, and it is god-awful. And it's not just him. I mean, like, like team defense is absolutely shit, and you want him at 7'3 to be able to be a 5, but he can't. 
So you have to play him alongside Maxi Kleber when he comes back. You have to play him alongside Willie Cauley-Stein because he doesn't hold his own. Like when they tried to have him do that the other night, Rudy Gobert put up 29 and 20. Damn near had a career night against them. You know, like it's you want a guy that's 7'3 to be an elite defensive center, or not even elite, a, a solid defensive center, but he's not that. And it's crazy that at one point in his career he was. Yes. Like he was a very good defending center. I mean, even last year. I'm looking at his numbers from last year. He was really good when they ran him at the five. I was telling my guy combos yesterday, like, because he was asking about the draft. That like that's why for me, I'm moving slowly away from the whole uh that type of build with the center. Like the big like is he a big that could big that could play on a perimeter? Because it's like those bigs at their fullest potential should be playing center. They should be able to hold you down at center. But we're seeing so many states case studies where it's like like Jaron Jackson. At some point at the height and prime of the Grizzlies run that they're going to have in the future, he's going to have to be able to play center. He's going to have to – the, the, the future is Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark front court, and they just doing anything. But we see times with Jaron Jackson where it's like he can't – he's not even like comfortable down there. He don't even rebound. He's like he, – at one point, Ja Morant was damn near averaging more rebounds than him. He's like a 4.7 rebound type guy, and he don't really I, get I, that. I think, I think Jaron is way better at the five than Porzingis is. No, like, he, I, I know he, he doesn't rebound well, but, like, as a, as a defensive player at the five, he he holds his own, like, way better than Porzingis. He's also playing a lot less at the five than Porzingis is because they have Jonas Valanciunas who's going to eat up all, all of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the sample size, is it really even – is he really legitimately ever playing consistent five for them? Uh, like, last season, in the future, because in my in my in my mind, the future is him being their starting center five, right? And then um, they're gonna have somebody behind him who can come in for spurts and maybe allow him to play on a perimeter some some parts. So of the I, game. Got, like, I got I got I got the numbers, I got the numbers here. Numbers here. Um, um, his rookie season, he played twenty four percent of his minutes at the center position. His sophomore season, he played fifty five percent of his minutes at the center position. So, um, it has got significantly better. What about I mean, right now, this season? He hasn't played this season. Oh duh. I mean, yeah. but like, like I said, I feel like he he's is still getting in the better. playoffs, right? Um, I'll check for you. They are at the, in this moment. They are sitting at the sixth seed. Yep. They've just been chilling, bro. Five game win streak, but they they going through COVID right now, so they haven't played in like a week and a half. Okay. Some people saying that's for a reason they did that. They're trying to chill so they get Jaren back, but uh, mm. magnificent man, because they no. they didn't have job for like two or three weeks either. That's crazy. No, but we gotta uh, we gotta get some love to their coach. What's his name? Taylor. Taylor <laughs> we got to get some love to him, whatever his name is. <laughs> Taylor Jenkins, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Taylor Jenkins. No, but I think uh, Triple J's just been getting at that center spot. He, he looks like he's just been putting on that muscle. Right? Like his body has just been fitting into them where that center spot. But I think we may be on to something. I think that, you know, the Mavs front office be kind of foolish to not even look into exploring like near trades for for Kristaps Porzingis. And knock on wood, because if he does get hurt again and it's another D injury, he come back. What is his value at that point? What right? is his value I, right now? That's why I'm saying they should be exploring this now, but it could but be that, like you said. that's why it may be bad because he's playing he's playing he bad, huh? He's not playing that well right now, right? But it could be like you. It could be like you said because he is still still getting his feet underneath him, and it's like when you do when you are coming off those type of injuries, you you not you're gonna try your best not to get hurt again. Like it's just a mental thing. You're not gonna be as aggressive, you know, trying to go block a shot, trying to do all these things. And I remember the I remember the first game back, he he was doing that. Like he was trying to do all that. And I was just like, slow down, Kristaps. Like same shit you'd be saying with Joel and B. Like it's just you on the ground too much when you know you, you know, you gotta kind of contain yourself. But like I said, I think they'd be fools to not even look at early trades for Kristaps before like something happens and they're kind of like in a hole with him. Right. I, I saw we're going to talk about Bradley Beal potential trade. Somebody sent me one that has Porzingis as a centerpiece for Washington. And I was like, there's no fucking way he's not like he's not worth that. You know, what I'm saying Bradley Beal is worth way more than Porzingis as a centerpiece, especially since Dallas don't really have no more picks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just overall, what is his value? I, I don't even know. But but P, you, you said something earlier that was um, that was facts when you talk about like this archetype of the center slash power forward, the seven foot that you want to eventually slide into the five. I mean, we we seeing it now on on the lesser scale with Laurie Marketing too. We're like at a seven foot guy, you want him to be able to close out games or even play center at all. And whenever he is center on the court, it is god awful. You know, it's just it's just bad. So we had the conversation because he was asking about a prospect, Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. who was good with USC, but it's like, as much as I like him, am I spending my top pick on him because of these things that, 
like we run into like Marvin Bagley, like mm, that's another Marvin Bagley. Is yep. he a center or is he a power forward? Like they're still figuring that out. And he, and he, because he was injured and so much, they still like, at this point, we would like to know what position he is so they can keep on with their rebuild or whatever they're doing. But it's like, where do I place them? Good, good one. Laurie Markin. He didn't even pop in my mind. Exactly. Like, like that. And it's not that they're bad players or that they can't ever figure it out or won't, but it's like it can it can it can fuck you up because it's like you want to like Laurie marketing at his best playing center blocking shots hitting threes it's like man it's 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 so like fa- it's like a fantasy you know what I mean and it's like yeah Marvin Bagley Laurie Jaron Jackson is a lot better than those guys but still he has some some things that I look at Jaron Jackson as good as he can be defensively that I'll be like you know concerns me sometimes uh, about him being like the full-time center he shoots it so well it'd be like do i do you even want that they may be like you know what that's the idea that we had but shit he doing his thing at four so we're always gonna keep a valentunas type guy around they may do that i don't know Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's a bunch of like what do they call them um tweeners ponies Uh, unicorns like all of these unicorns seven foot unicorns who can play four because they can shoot it so well and then give them four or five years and they'll be built out and they'll be ready to play center and they'll be more physical and it, like anthony davis as great as he is like anthony davis is saying like bro fuck that center shit. i ain't playing that and i can't even blame him and it's like we got to keep that in mind for some of them because they're not always going to be as good as anthony davis so it's like yeah. <laughs> but i think what you said you said it before is the the most important part is just being able to close it out there i think right. like I mean, if you could give us five, six minutes of valuable time at that center spot, then, you know, I think that's, that's good enough. At least it's like as a growing development for a lot of these younger guys. I mean, yeah. a good example of this is, is like Giannis, right? But Giannis don't even close our games at the five. Rick Lopez still be on the court. I'm looking at it right now, 4% of his minutes are at the five position. So, like, he's a guy that you would think that, like, yeah, he should play a lot of small ball five, but it just, I guess it doesn't work to the point where Bud wants to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year they kind of did it, 10% of his minutes, but – you know, I I think that when we talk about the five position, most of it is like people that can get you to back to the basket bucket, the elite ones. You know, yeah. the elite ones. How much? What is Christian Wood doing at the five? I see. Christian Wood's a good a good example. I think his defense has been a lot better so far this season. Um, shout out to the Rockets because I think it was Kevin O'Connor that said it. Since the James Harden trade, they've been the second best defense in the entire yeah, league. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, ninety nine percent of his minutes are at the center position so far this season. Mm-hmm. How much? Ninety nine percent. He's very rarely shared the floor, uh, floor with Boogie so far. Boogie, right? Boogie was off the bench, then he went down. Boogie was starting twenty eight, like sixteen, and five. Hey, Boogie, don't make me start Boogie and then this motherfucker Boogie back. <laughs> That's why I like that team, though. They all have like a little chip on their shoulder. Victor yeah. people got something to prove. John Wall, Boogie got to come back. Christian Wood, I'm worth the money. They just out there playing like carefree. I got something to prove basketball. What y'all think about uh, Victor Depot's comments after the last game? What, what what was his comments? He was like, "I just want to play for a team that wants me. Whoever wants me, I'll play for him." I thought Indiana wanted him. Indiana offered him twenty five million dollars a year, and he turned right. it down. So, Victor, he he just weird, man. He got he gonna find a home. <laughs> he gonna find a home. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe it's still in Houston. But uh, they got to keep it up, though. I, I like that game, especially against uh, Portland. They mm-hmm. pulled that one out. And uh, John Wall, man. John. <laughs> I know. Hey, congrats, congrats D-Mills, on that, bro. Money oh, bag Mills. Man, I want to stack. Yeah, good shit. Hey, uh, cheat code. Better against the people going against the Blazers because they terrible defensively, so go over. Mm. <laughs> Word of advice. Y'all yeah, should have heard them, bro. I bet, and they going to clamp up. <laughs> Y'all should have heard emails when he was waiting on his parlay to hit because he had thought he had hit it at first because uh-huh. because um somebody needed cancer needed like three more rebounds and cancer got him he's like let's go let's go and then like five minutes later he came back to the mic he was like kb i didn't hit i'm like what what happened he said christian wood need one more point one <laughs> more point and then like christian wood got fouled you know late game situation and he hit one of two from the free throw line Ooh, and it was like because he wasn't even in the game right before that yeah and then like something happened i think they put him in for a rebound didn't they you said what i think they put him in for a rebound or something like that yeah all a blessing that was meant for you to win that hey i see you took my little thing that i'd be doing too what you be doing? You screenshot and you exit out. 
Oh, <laughs> that shit, that shit helpful right there, boy. No, nothing. <laughs> hey, the worst, the worst stat to like look for a player to get is some rebounds, bro. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Mike is into the the daily betting now too. He's we got him into it now. All four of us are on on game. I just took a week off. Though. Oh okay. Because Ontario birthday is today, and a week this past weekend before, we were trying so hard to hit big for his birthday that like I was doing like twenty twenty five bet at a time. A lot of people do five. We trying to hit four racks, three racks. <laughs> I'm going nuts. So I'm like, you know what? And I was losing, and Darnie like. I'll be doing a lot of parlays. You wouldn't have to be addicted, are you? So I'm like, I'm a fool. I'm not addicted. I could take a week off. So I'm like, let me just reassure myself that I'm not addicted and let me fall back. And at first, I'm like, damn, I really want to bet. But as the week is gone, I don't even, I forgot about the app, but I am going to get back Monday. Yo, um, quick, quick disclaimer. All of the fans and people who watch us, we all love you guys for sure. But please do not DM me about what my parlay is going to be or judging your parlay. I will, not, I, will, I will never give advice, ever. Yes, I'm not <laughs> expert. As soon as you hit, like, D-Mails, now that you hit... Yeah, people DM me. In the DMs. My shit just got blurry for whatever reason. <laughs> They're going to be in the DMs like, bro, what's, what's your parlay is for tonight? Or what exactly. you that shit, I ain't doing that shit. Like, I'm not a professional better. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, we hit every every couple days or so, but if I showed you... I'd be having, like, five par- parlays on the night. If I gave you one that don't hit and I hit the other one, then... Then now I look like a jackass. So, yeah, I literally made a parlay last night for the Hawks game and nothing hit. Like I got. <laughs> I also make my parlays kind of like picking up to the game. I don't do that shit seven hours before, mm-hmm. and I'm not about to take my time out to do my parlay to make sure I relate a message to you and you went off my shit and I'm not getting nothing for it. Facts. And then yeah, I also actually, don't know your situation. I make one like you know what I mean. Like I have money to play around with. I don't want you to be really trying to bet. And hit on some shit, and you need it, and you desperate. When I'm just playing around because I don't want nobody. Hell no, don't bet your fucking car note or right. rent. What people gotta <laughs> remember is it is it is still gambling. There's there's no guarantee that anything happens. You right. fuck around and be one rebound away, and somebody snap his ankle, and there you go. There's all your money. So it's right. like, I was the rebound dude on Instagram who claiming to be like a professional. You gotta pay him like one fifty, and he gonna help you. I'm like, bro, that shit is. If anybody is paying for that, that, they down bad. They need to right. see help. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it is it is just luck. Like there can be obviously knowledge to it, but it is luck at the end of the day. You no, know? there. Hey, you you just kind of got to know how some players play, bro. I like definitely look at that Draymond. The man, I had him trying to get like five rebounds, bro. My man don't go for no rebounds no more, bro. Like I, I don't know. This is a different Draymond. My man's just trying to play like a guard. Mm. No, I told Ontario the same thing. Ontario's like, should I take? I'm like, he don't get down in the trenches no more. Yeah, his points be at six point five, be enticing, but you can't do it. No, and he's gonna end with two point five. He's definitely turning into like just an on court, on court coach. Facts. He gonna look for them assists though. Yeah, oh, fine. yeah, he gonna do that. He gonna do that. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is Bradley Beal and potential Bradley Beal trades. Um, as of right now, he's like the hottest name on a potential trade market, just because James Harden is gone and he's another All Star caliber player. I mean, everything that he has been going through yesterday, they took an L again in a game where Russell Westbrook actually looked pretty solid before he got ejected. But I think it's time, you know? I think it's time. So I'm going to throw out some trades that I saw on Twitter or or heard on podcasts or whatever, and y'all tell me, good trade, bad trade, terrible trade, whatever it may be. The first one has to do with the Warriors. The Warriors trading James Wiseman, Kelly Oubre, and the Minnesota pick for Bradley Beal. Talk to me. If I hey, if I'm the Wizards, I say I can get a hell of a lot more than that. What? I, I'm looking at every damn trade before I hear anything. Bradley Beal is a, a top two shooting guard in the damn league, bro. I'm okay. looking at everything. James Wiseman has been good. Kelly Oubre, he ain't been that it's, damn he, hot. He's salary filling at the end of the and, day. And then that pick, that, that motherfucker tearing it into a Bradley Beal. I need some concrete. I need something like what Pierre was saying. I need some concrete along with some draft capital or something for Bradley Beal. I think. I think James Wiseman is concrete. Yeah, he. I mean, he's shown definitely a lot of potential this season, at least. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't fit because you already got Thomas Bryant, but like, he can blossom into an All Star caliber player. And then that that pick is top three protected from the Timberwolves who fucking suck. So if that pick drops to number four, you got a top five draft pick with the guy who was a top five pick last year. I I think I think it's a good starting point for trade. 
Um, yeah, that's a good start for Reba, though. It's, tri- it's intriguing, but I'm like Mike Bradley Beal. I got to hit on this one. So mm-hmm. I'm filing it away, and I'm listening to the rest of the field. Yeah. It's not bad. I have to I have to compare it to my other offers, though. That's what every smart GM and team should do when they mm-hmm. trade. But, uh, yeah, I like the concrete thing. James Wiseman could be concrete, but huh. he's had some moments where I'm like, bro. But then he is still a kid, so. Yeah. Would y'all, would y'all rather have him as the centerpiece um, as far as, like, player goals or John Collins? James Wiseman. I think so. John too. Collins, you in- instantly have to work out a contractual situation. Um, and also, you can't really play John Collins at the five. You have to you have again. Right. Even though John Collins didn't come in as like a uh, unicorn, you would still love for him to be able to play five. Right. Um, but yeah, because I think Brown. I think there's a world right where where John Collins, um, some draft capital, Cam uh, Kevin Herter. And shit, and Yaka Kongu, who's who's only played a couple games in his career so far, can be like another package. But that changes the, the conversation when you mm-hmm. add all that in versus mm-hmm. Collins. Mm-hmm. Kongu, hell yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing some shit with the Timberwolves. It was like, I was trying to get that done by giving them cap. But I don't know. A Kongu, though? <laughs> yeah, Kongu, Collins, Herder, and Picks? Oh, hell yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the, just the Collins. The Justin Collins versus James Wiseman, I'm like, John Collins is a damn 20. He's a double-double. But James Wiseman, we still haven't seen him, like, at his fullest or whatever. But I think John Collins, we're starting to see what, what he's, like, what he's going to be in the league. But all the other stuff you get, I know you get a, a big man alongside Collins. You get Kevin Herter and then Picks, too. I think yeah. I, I don't know if they like the Hawks do that, though. That's, that I don't, think, just, I don't, yeah, think, I don't the think the Hawks do that either. I don't think the Hawks do that. They just paid Bogdanovich just to get Bradley Beal. Nah. Right. And they, they've been struggling with injuries and shit this year, too. So you give up some of the depth that you, you've been missing. So, yeah, I don't know if they do that. But I think there will be a super interesting, potentially best backcourt in the league. To, uh, uh, the Brooklyn exists. One of the best backcourt in the leagues if it's Trey Young and Bradley Beal playing together. For sure. Welcome to Atlanta. Where the players play and we ride on. Um, Ooh, Bradley, that's going to be the thing that's on Bradley Beal landing. <laughs> what what would you think? Because um, there was, there's rumors from um, – Ian Bag, oh my Ian god, Bagley. okay, about <laughs> the, the Knicks, Knicks um, looking at Zach Levine. But what would you think about a potential Knicks Bradley Beal trade that basically revolves around a shit ton of draft capital? Because y'all got that. Yeah, you you willing to you willing to give the seven picks from from Brooklyn like Brooklyn did? Oh no, not seven. That's Maybe atrocious. Five, four. Because I got, I'm, I'm guessing we have to give up some players. Mm-hmm. So it's like I see you, why they give, give up seven. Up, would you give up four? Would you give up four in RJ? Yeah. Does it does it have to be this year's pick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You have to yeah, like to if it ain't this year pick, come on, we get to keep this year pick, and we give them what like because we have two picks, so we probably have to give them one of the picks that we have this year. So we keep one for this year. You get some other stuff. Give us Bradley Beal. I mean, that goes against everything that I've been saying and preaching, but it's Bradley Beal. You know what I mean? I I I don't know. It's Bradley Beal. I have to may have to take that one. But uh, I I the thing about that though is we're putting Bradley Beal back in kind of the same situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's he'll have Bradley. a he'll have a way better coach, significantly better coach. He would. He would. Um, I think Bradley Beal wants to be in a situation where he's competing, like at yeah. a night in night out basis. And yeah. he got supporting pieces around him that's gonna help him. Well, I don't yeah. know if y'all saw that in his contract when he signed this extension that um they're gonna trade him to somewhere he ain't fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, basically he, the James Harden thing. He he's got a big say in whatever team he gets dealt to. So um I think I think the Knicks could be an interesting, interesting team. Um the you know, Nuggets, I, I'm not gonna lie. I think the Knicks would be a much better place than people will give it credit for. I think people will see the Knicks and be like, ah. But I think he he that's why I would take it. He could he could come in and do some things, man. We are missing like that guy. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, because like y'all be having Julius Randle run point guard sometimes. Maybe the guards or forwards get the board and they'll give it to Julius Randle to bring up the court. It'd yeah. be just funny. And as of right now, y'all building a culture that's that's revolving around the defense mm-hmm. um, with Tom Thibodeau. 
some of the younger guys, you know, that you bet on quickly who just played really well last season will be there. So um, what about the Nuggets? Now, I don't think the Nuggets are willing to trade Michael Porter Jr., but if he is the centerpiece with a potential Gary Harris or Will Barton and maybe a couple picks, is that is that an instant yes for Washington because they get Michael Porter Jr.? No. No? No. no. Why is that? Because I'm not giving up Michael Porter Jr. You can take Jamal Murray, but Michael Porter uh-uh. Jr. Nowhere. I Can't just <laughs> when I watch that nugget, it doesn't seem like Michael Porter Jr. is available. Yeah. Because his ceilings is way too high. His ceilings is way too high, bro. I don't think the Wizards accept the Jamal Murray thing. Oh, then I'm telling Wizards, and we had a hell of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> nice getting to talk to y'all, but the Michael Porter Jr. kid, man, you damn near better off trying to get Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> um because he definitely has like top fifteen, top ten player potential. Y'all don't y'all don't are scared of him as far as like the the injury history. No, nah, it comes with it, man. It's just a part of the game. Can't be too scared. We got him for dirt cheap. We trade we draft him at what 13, 14. Right, and, that, and and that's mm-hmm. probably why I'd be more willing to trade him. Do you, is Bradley Bill on that team? Are they a contender now? Like we looking at them Hell like they yeah. that I mean, wait, which which trade did they do though? The Bradley they're getting Bradley Bill. But I mean, like, who they give up for it? Well, they're, oh, they're giving up MPJ. Then, so they, yes. would have, they would have Murray, Bradley Beal. They would have their most consistent perimeter guy. Yes. Now, do they know that that's fun to come in and, and give them at least 20 plus? Yes, they are contender then. I like that team better with Brad, Porter, Jokic, than Murray, mm-hmm. Brad, Jokic. Definitely. Michael Porter so? is the future, man. He is the future. Right, but as, as good as he is for the future – Y'all could be there, like y'all how much are they building good, for like, the right now, now versus though. the future? Right. That's a great question, KB, and I, that's a question that they need the answer. We we they have to show us their answer because we've said that so many times. We've always talked about this team being a move away and being reluctant to get rid of a Michael Porter Jr., a Bow Bow Gary. Like back when these guys had even more value, like Gary Harris and all those guys. They've never been willing. They've always had a surplus that they could package something and go get a, a, a disgruntled star or somebody that's on the market, and they've never pulled the trigger. Now they've made it worse because Michael Porter Jr. is actually showing more and more and more versus back then it was just potential. So it's like, are are they for the now or for the future, or are they trying to play their cards to have both? You right. know what I mean? So I, they, it looks like they're trying to play their cards and have a little bit of both. They want, mm-hmm. they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Right. I don't know. I mean, because with, with the team they basically just had, minus Tory Craig and I think Mason Plumley, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even Jeremy Grant too. Jeremy Grant was a really big part of that. I don't know. I feel like they're always going to be that team that's like they could give a team a run no matter who they got. But if they did get a Bradley Bill, I, I'll definitely look at them like, okay, they they actually are trying to go in now. You know, facts though, facts. I wouldn't mind Michael Porter Jr. being traded though. If he was on a Wizards, he'd be. Whew. You know what? It's that makes a little log jam for the Wizards too. With Denny Abdiya, Rui Hachimura, and then now Michael Porter Jr. Denny the point guard. I, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it's not a bad problem to have because you know, like he's gonna be a six man point guard. That ain't no problem. <laughs> you just gonna have to have Russell there playing shooting guard. <laughs> oh, he gonna get bowed out. That ain't no problem. <laughs> Bro, imagine if Russell Westbrook is on the buyout market. That's that'll be. Bro, insane. we have to also speak on the other silly shit. What's that? Drummond. There's no way Drummond is getting bought out. No way. Yeah. I, but if not. he do, that shit is unfair. The NBA should veto everything, bro. I'm sorry. This shit is unfair. I mean, even if all you're getting is a second round pick for him, like, you got to get the second round pick. But to buy him out, and he make like, who buys out $28 million? 20, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. It's not like he just sitting on the bench doing nothing. Right, exactly. He's actually contributing and playing really fucking good. To just buy him out seems kind of crazy. It's, I mean, what, he has to be coming up for the Bradley Beal trade talks, right? Of course, of course. I think, especially ahead, the way, What'd you gotta, say? Especially the way that they're playing. They got to get active. I feel like they got to do something. Okay. Unless they're just banking on when Jimmy comes back that they're going to flip the switch. Because goddamn – when James Harden was being rumored, he fans weren't even willing to give up Tyler Hero for James Harden. And, and now, yeah, now he's not playing good. So um, maybe they wouldn't be more hesitant. So you're probably looking at a package of Tyler Hero, Precious Achuya, um, um, Iggy, 
Kelly Olenek to make contracts match. And they don't have picks until uh, 2025. So maybe 2025, 2027. Because you don't have the picks, I'm now asking for Duncan Robinson as well. I understand you that. Know, but Duncan Duncan's going to be a free agent this offseason, and he, he's going to get paid, paid. Mm-hmm. And they are they just pay fucking Davis Bertans eighty million dollars to do nothing. Yeah, he mentioned him in that low jam. Shit. Yeah, yeah, they pay him eighty million dollars, <laughs> and we was like, yes, he gonna get paid, and he he deserve. Nah, uh uh-uh. uh. I ain't know he was getting eighty million dollars. I ain't yeah, no, nah, that that was kind of wild. Yeah. But what, what do y'all think about that? Bradley Beal, Miami for packets around surrounding around Tyler Hero as the main piece. With them other offers you talked to us about, I'm hanging up the phone quick. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Tyler Hill is not, never gonna be on the level of Bradley Field. Like, yeah, I, I really think I, my I, chance of Wiseman hitting on something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I just wonder. I think a lot of teams are in this position, but like with the young guys and like the Nuggets too. But like, how much you just overvalue the guys that you have on your team? Like with Tyler Hero, what what could you protect Tyler Hero to be a top something? Like when it's all said and done, do you think he gonna be a top twenty player? No. I think it's too early to tell. But what what I can say is that. I feel like from from I don't want to put a ceiling on anybody in the NBA, first of all, but like he feels like a player that'd be similar to Jamal Murray, which is like really fucking good at times, but then also have those times where you like kind of frustrated with him. Where he might not be an all star caliber player, but he'll be right underneath those all star caliber players. But again, I don't want to put a ceiling on him because he's only what twenty I think he just turned twenty one. So I don't really know. Um Yep, but we definitely can't put a ceiling on him, but I've always seen more Mike Miller. Than Devin Booker, like KB said, a guy who ain't an All Star, but he's right there. And at times, Mike Miller in his prime can give you thirty on any given night. I've seen him give a Kobe thirty. So, but he's never was a guy that you're building a team around. He's supporting mm-hmm. a guy. And I think as of now, from what I've seen, Tyler Hero is going to support a guy at a higher level. Um, but like KB said, you can't really put a ceiling on anybody in this league. And that's another problem with the NBA and the people who watch it. As much as we have this information to see that, we always people are steady do it. Like twenty years old and like, man, the analytics say he don't do this enough. And it's like, damn, boy can't even buy alcoholic beverage yet. That's, a, that's what I was saying uh, to to KB, and I was just like, people be wanting to rush it so bad, like. These dudes be three years younger than me, and they supposed to be dropping 25 plus in the NBA or something like that. <laughs> and like they fans be mad about them when they just dropping 12 or something on it. Like they're a rookie. You know, like you know how many times there were you started something in your first year, you was terrible. You know, even me, basketball, I was, I was shit when I first. Us podcasting. Literally. Like it, it takes time to get it's to rough. where you, right. You got to, you got to take that journey and you're going to see success. So you just got to be patient sometimes. Everything is rushed in, in this society, man. That was my whole thing with Luca. I remember when people thought I didn't like Luca when I was just telling them, chill, he's a rookie. We're going to have plenty of years for this. There's no need to rush it. And that, that's what's going to happen. Now he's in year three, and they're putting all his expectations on him. And if he don't hit, they're going to be like, man, we have to start this conversation. All the outlets are going to be doing it every day on primetime TV. Is Luca really like that? And he's going to be 24. And they're going to be like, should we start having a cup? Is Luca really a guy you build around? And it's going to be like, dog, y'all up here debating a 24-year-old who just almost averaged a 30-point triple-double because of what? Because he's not Michael Jordan at age 24. Mm-hmm. They just prime it up to the point where it'd be like, we're going to make a guy so lovely and cute, and we're going to tear him down. And it's just that Lucas shit is like this. When I mean, they was wasn't he like LeBron the, and them, wasn't well, the LeBron MVP favorite early. this year? Say it again? Wasn't Luka the MVP favorite Back. this year? Yep. Yeah. But that's his thing, though, and, and I be laughing at when people are like, this could be the best we've seen, Luca. Like, he's going to get better with time, like, mentally. He's going to be better, like, veteran-wise and stuff like that. But my man's to still be averaging 30. The, the stats he's averaging right now for the rest of his career, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Like, what he's doing right now is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, when I say we've probably seen the, mm-hmm. the best of Luca is what I, I just mean, like, statistically. There's – like, if he's giving you 30 – point triple double on average are you really thinking that in four years he's going to be averaging a 40 point triple double no so it's like he's going to get better as a player for sure but like he's i don't know i don't see the numbers going any you know what i mean but i do agree the maturity of the all-around game as he grows and processes i think will be there of course that's that's night and day but like 
you know, a lot of fans and people, they go off numbers. So I don't think the numbers are going to get ever get any better than what they are because it's just like, I can't expect this kid to average a right. 40. Points. It's the same shit with like when James Harden was averaging freaking 37 points per game. <laughs> this season. Like you, you just can't damn near get better than that. That's yeah. the importance of doing right. what we do, watching basketball, actually right. having a, a, a understanding of what's going on and not just counting numbers because yeah, the moment Luka number dropped, He's regressing. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you just can't average a 30-point triple-double for 17 years, motherfucker. That's all. But like LeBron, LeBron numbers have fluctuated in different areas, but it's like, oh, that three-point shot is going up. Oh, LeBron is smarter. Who gives a fuck about the uh, regular season because he's trying to win championships? I just saw Duncan Robinson speak about that with Rondo, and he was like, yo, no, Caruso. He's like, yo, Rondo showed me, like, I know we're good. This regular, it don't really mean shit. It's about the playoffs. So it's like that theory. Yo, that shit's starting to get to me though. I mean, like I, I, I'm the biggest dude. To like I, I'm with the playoffs, but I just hate seeing my team go out there and play like shit. Like bro, literally. y'all on a two game losing streak. You have been good, my guy. We've been playing, bro. We haven't been doing nothing. We had literally had like our defense been bad. We ain't been hitting our shots. It's just been oh, hard. Did you remind me of the kids that we went to high school with? Like the, like it'd be like a like a rich kid who's selling weed. Just doing shit. <laughs> you right now who just complaining just because man. It's Would a you, long time so for you, this okay, okay, start. okay. I have statistics. If you were mm-hmm. to guess what number offense are y'all in the league right now? Probably say we around that ten mark. Number seven. What number defense are y'all in the league right now? Probably top five. One. Yo ass is talking about we not playing defense and we can't score. Y'all have a top seven offense and the I mean, best. We just lost to the damn league. Pistons. It happens. You didn't have Anthony Davis. Literally, yo. Bro, let's let's go to the next topic. I don't want to have a conversation. <laughs> you not about to come up here where three of us as teams have been starving and your team just came off a championship. You talking about we bad as a second best record in the league? Yes, bro, it's good. It's always good to build. It's always good to build good habits, man. Always you won a championship with the t- with, with this we, team, bro. You, we know what our y'all goal have is. Built to win good. Y'all have y'all our have goal is to win another one. You're not sounding like a professional podcast. You sound like <laughs> a 17 year old Twitter fanboy. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I would okay. love for my team to be 14 and six exactly. right now on a two game well, losing streak. Yeah, y'all, hey, y'all time. Hey, I was in the same position y'all is. Y'all time is coming, man. Y'all just. But when our time come, I'm definitely not gonna come on the pod. After just our first losing streak of the season, and be like, "Fuck, man, we suck." <laughs> it ain't gonna happen, bro. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, y'all lost to a good Philly team, which was a good game. Then y'all went to Detroit on a back-to-back. Y'all yeah, lost. You're gonna, hey, newsflash, you're gonna lose to, again to a hey, team really like because it's I, the I fucking saw, NBA. I saw a statistic that teams on back-to-backs this season are are way worse. Can you believe it? Back-to-backs. When you got to travel, nah, y'all y'all weren't good. playing with y'all best one of y'all best players, bro. You're fine, you're good. Now if we come back, talk. if we come back in two weeks and y'all on an eight game losing streak, then we can have some conversation. Yeah, two game model who got tall booty, big breasts. The time about I'm fat. All <laughs> <laughs> on the Instagram story. I'm fat. Seven point five million followers, a million likes per picture. You, I'm look. I'm fat. Come on, man. Number one defense and hey, this, that, okay. All right, y'all, y'all got me. This is the last thing I'm about. KCP hit a damn shot, bro. Come on. That's he's only saying that because he's bad at. No, because the man ain't hit a damn three. The last three hit was a crazy ass three. Because hey, listen, I had a fan tell me that he almost blew the hell out of me. I was, I had to relax. He what? said, man, Reese made a joke. Like, boy, said ever since them parlays, you ain't been the same. And the fan goes, yeah, bro. Seriously, the fan dude was taken away from the podcast. It just feels like something different. I'm like, bro, <laughs> shut the fuck up because you don't even know. I've been on fan duel since the last year. Yeah, I've been I've been doing fan duel for years. Now, exactly. Now we can just do like uh voting on spread or betting on spreads and things like that. But we've been doing fan deal lineups for a very, very long time. This shit is not new. <laughs> no, I had, I'm like, I had bro, that I, conversation too, bro. How is it different when I've been I've been I was literally betting on the Lakers in the final. I was putting boohoo money on Kuzma to be the first shot. That's <laughs> <laughs> another team that's doing. People be talking. People just be talking. Oh man, it's different now because y'all are doing the parlays. Are you serious? 
what is different? Like, what are we doing different? I don't know. I think he was just – he just wanted to talk, bro. I don't even want I don't even know. Uh, he just was talking because, obviously, we've been – I don't even want to get on a promo, but we've been betting on with that app mm-hmm. for a very long time now. Well, at least mm-hmm. I have. I, I was – but I've just started hitting, so I'm posting again. <laughs> <laughs> Is there some there's some teams y'all been looking at be like okay they they actually look like they're better than I thought they was gonna be the Grizzlies, yeah. For them to have endured everything that they've endured and still be where they at, I have to say the Grizzlies, bro. Mm-hmm. I have to say we got to get a Warriors some love. We was on their ass at the start of the season. Uh, I was <laughs> saying their ass might be in the same spot they was last year, so definitely, definitely got to get them some love. The Spurs, Honestly, the, the Jazz, they're on eleven game win streak. Yeah, you know. yeah, the Thunder's been surprisingly better and more competitive than I thought they would be. The Jazz is just that team, like they do anything right now, but it's like I, I, I still don't take them serious as far as championship intention. No, I can see that. I love to see George Clarkson shining and prospering, though. They best player. Are there any uh, other? Yeah, the Spurs at the four seed. Somebody said Spurs got to get a Spurs some love. Spurs are in the four seed. That's somebody. Talking about them yesterday, like they just have a lot of like really solid play. Like Dejounte Murray, he was a phenomenal yesterday. You know, I think they had a lot of players stepped up. Lonnie Walker did well, um, and then they just have like Rudy Gay's been really good this season. He he should have been honestly like one of my picks, and he's not statistically up there, but like Rudy Gay's been really good this season coming off the bench for him. Like he just looked like the old Rudy Gay, but they've had a lot of stuff going. Um, Keldon Johnson too has been playing really well for them. They just got. I don't know. They just been doing their thing, which is kind of surprising. Cause I always felt like this is gonna be a turning point with them, as Greg Popovich kind of like seems like he's about to retire soon. Yeah, they're gonna turn. What ain't no say? turning point for Pop. He said he ain't going. He got uh, that vaccine, baby. Shout out to Pop. <laughs> my girlfriend just got it too. Oh uh, yeah. How's she doing? The Cavs at the Knicks. Very surprising. Her her butt turned into a marshmallow when she took it. So don't get it. No, I'll just joke. She good. She chilling. She got to get the second dosage, but the first one, she chilling. That's uh, biggest disappointment? The Raptors and the Heat. Damn, yeah, with the Raptors on. Yesterday. Um, oh, they're 7 and 12. They can come back. Yeah, no, they, they've been playing better, even though they're on a three-game losing streak. Marvin Bagley failing that spin move. Marvin Bagley, come on now. Um, they begin dominated down low. They don't have any center play whatsoever. Hassan Whiteside barely plays the season. He came into the first half and scored like 12 straight points, it felt like. So they don't have that. Um, they have looking at drumming. They also can't – they haven't been able to put together consistent nights from all of their guys at the same time, right? Pascal last night had 29. In third quarter, he was amazing. And Fred Van Vliet had his moments, but they weren't able to get all three of their guys playing good, and that that's going to hurt them. Yeah. That – and I think that's what probably like the biggest thing they missed from Kawhi is during them times when nobody could damn nobody could put the ball in the cup, he was that dude mm. for them. Facts, they need man. that. They need that that DeMar. See, they have those back. guys that constantly step up, mm. but it's like those dudes ain't never gonna step up and be Kawhi. Yeah. So it's like that's a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's a blessing when you have Kawhi with like next man mentality. Oh, Norman Powell doing the thing, Fred and Fleet start killing Pascal's up. Chris Boucher is on it, but it's like them dudes, as much as it's as cool as it is for them to step up and be better than expected, unless they becoming a star or one of them hit a star, you always going to be lacking. So that is tough um, because yeah, it's like they're going to need three of their guys to step up and have big nights. Yeah. Pascal took every step except stardom, like mm-hmm. legit stardom. And you can't be mad at that. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Now, now I was thinking about it. they they're gonna if they ever do want to get back to that where they're competing for a championship, the guys that they pay Pascal and Fred, they're never gonna be their best player on their team for that. So they're gonna have to new they gonna need a damn another star. So yeah. I'm gonna look at that like you know, looking into the future, like how much money they're gonna have for that. That's why anybody's it's, gonna it's, be no, no, it's OG Ananobi. He's gonna blossom into the star. They need to suck this year. Mm-hmm. Try to get Kate Cunningham. <laughs> if you got, you're putting them in the mix with a lot of good surrounding players. What have I been seeing a lot? It's called they've been saying uh, fade for Cade. You know that's that's what people have been saying. Closing my laptop on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people have been saying. Minnesota man. Timberwolves. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm, don't really want to. What? <laughs> what? Like, what should? Is it over, bro? Should we just start talking about Cat being on the move? Seriously. Nah. Um. 
I mean, I would love to see him on the move, but they wouldn't that's do it. Only, that's their only piece they have. They wouldn't do it just because he. they haven't seen him and D'Angelo Russell play together, really. They got like seven games under their belt in a season and a half. I, I mean, I, I can tell them right now it's not going to work, but they, that, they, they, they won't come that. to the realization of that for another season or so. Because I put out a tweet saying basically if I was a Celtics Timberwolves and I picked up the phone, we're talking Cap, Jalen Brown type thing. Boston Celtic fans, great. It was 50 50. Some said, hey, I love Jalen Brown. But if, if we could get Cat, I wouldn't want to see him go. But I mean, Cat would be a, a, you know, a major thing for us. Some said, hey, we're seeing the best basketball Jalen Brown has ever played. I don't want to do that. I can respect both thought processes. But what blew my mind was a Timberwolves fan saying, nah. We don't want no damn Jalen Brown. We got enough wings. This cat and D-Lo thing ain't they ain't really playing no games. We gotta wait and see what they do. And I'm like, listen, at best, where is this team and y'all mad at best with Carney Towns and D'Angelo on the court with that roster? What are they at best? Seed. Yeah, they're they're trying to play in for the playing. <laughs> Kind of play in for the play in tournament. And it's not it's not even due to those two. The rest of the team fucking sucks. Yeah. And then, it's just bad. Dot, 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 dot. There's no other way that they can get better. better. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to hope that Jericho returns to something, but he don't even be playing, and he's out for a couple weeks now. How can that person say they have too many wings? They don't really have any. They, they don't have, have, they they have, have any they quality have wings. wings. They have wings, but they, they don't have, have no wings of Jalen Brown level. Nowhere yes, near Jalen exactly. Brown level. That's what I don't understand. I don't give a fuck what you have if it ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I said this a couple weeks ago. Remember, P, you had asked the question, who's a player that you just don't you know, I, I not that you don't rock with him, but it's like he may be a little bit overrated in your mind. And I said yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, you did. Um, not that he's a bad player. Yo, like, no, I was on your ass for saying that. I was watching where you was at, watching your moves, saying you was at, because me and my people, we was gonna get down on you for that. Bro, bro that one, that one All Star season, he has not been that. He has not been that since that moment. Um, no. And he was a replacement. His, his defense. He hasn't had a place where he can put his feet down in, mm-hmm. though. Either. I wish he would have stayed in, in Brooklyn. But obviously, I think Brooklyn Nets fans are cool with the way things are going for them. But, like, <laughs> him in Brooklyn, it felt it felt like home to him. Yeah. And since then, he hasn't really had that. Like, even when I watched him um, um, yesterday, his first game back, D'Angelo Russell, it, it still don't even look right that he's in that damn jersey. It still don't look right. Mm-hmm. It was hard looking at him in the Golden State jersey. So I can only imagine in Minnesota, but. I agree with P. I think he just really got to get his feet wet. You know, I think that's what, that's the blessing that Brooklyn gave him. It's just like they didn't really have shit, so they were like, you know what, D'Angelo Russell, like you, you just do you. And he was uh, he was able to grow with like the other play, surrounding players around him, like Spencer Dinwiddie. That team was fun and as stuff hell. like that. That team was so fun. Like really? I remember, like when they did that, and I was like, that's cool and all, but I'm I'm gonna miss that team that gave Philly that that like that little push mm-hmm. in the first round of playoffs. KB was at the game. But yeah, it was like D'Angelo Russell fell in my lap. It's just, it's not even, it's like that, even like that feeling of D'Angelo Russell. Like he brought those highlight plays, that excitement. Like he was, he would have those big he games. He was dancing on the bench. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go out for 35, 40 points, and you would see like, damn, this dude's impacting the game. It just seemed like he's just going through the motions a little bit. Yeah. Look at you saying he going through the motions. I ain't watched one Timberwolves game. I have watched a few Timberwolves games. Who, who would they play? Name, get, what was they starting five? I don't know. <laughs> who's, your fa- who's your favorite wing on the Timberwolves? My favorite wing on the Timberwolves? I I don't. Um, and it's... Anthony Edwards. Can you name me five Timberwolves players? Yeah, Rubio, uh, Towns, DeAndre Russell. The ones that be playing. Towns ain't really played a lot this season. Eric Hover. Who Don- plays? Who's the starting center when Towns is out? Nas Reed. My boy. That's all. I wanted to hear that name from you. I love Nas Reed. And I thought he, I thought he had hurt himself against the Warriors, man. But I, I like Nas Reed a lot. Jared yeah. Vanderbilt, he be coming up and doing little things here and there. He had like a, a double double in the first half in one of the games. They have like those guys that pop up and do something real quick, and then they might the next game they may have like two points. But no. Jared Culver is like that, that. That really, that's really hitting them because they traded up to get him. And like KB said, he sometimes don't even play. You pay him a league Beasley. Uh, DeAndre Russell and Cat make almost the same amount of money, $29 million per year. Rubio makes $13 million. I think Malik Beasley makes $13 million. So you don't really have any room to get better. That's the only reason. Timberwolves fans, I have nothing against you. I have no problem with the team. I know y'all love Cat, but the only way y'all can get better significantly is if you trade him, I think. And like we all saying, we don't have anything against the Timberwolves, but at their best, they're not even a solidified playoff team in the West. Nope. And you can't get any better. You don't have the pick from this year unless it's top three protected. 
And if, if you, if you're, if you are top three team in the draft, that means you just had a really bad fucking year. Um, so I, I don't know. And reality says there's only so much towns is going to be able to endure as far as losing on the court. He's having a tough time right now. I, I wouldn't be opposed as a Carnegie towns fan for him to just be able to go somewhere and reset. You know what I mean? Like just, just refresh, you know, he's dealt with a lot, losing his mom. He bro, just he's had play. a really, really bad year. Bro. Driver hit him and was hospitalized in the off season. Like I would love for towns to be able to and go. It, hey, and it happened again. What you mean? He got hit the other day, like two days ago. He was in another car accident. If you didn't see that. Oh, so he's just, he's just, this is going to rush for him, bro. It's yeah. been oh, right. Cause he was in a crash, but yeah, the one you, you, you're talking about, that's the one I was talking about. Right. The dr- it, was, it was a drunk driver. Like mm-hmm. just like, crazy shit so that's why i brought up the Jalen brown Celtic thing you swapped them because we've never seen carving towns in a winning situation like the celtics a winning culture play for a coach like brad stevens you know what i mean play with talent like jason tatum kimball walker and then Jalen brown gets his first time where he can breathe it may not be ideal because i'm sure he wants to win and be competitive but he's always had to play with like a jason tatum hovering over him or around him gordon hayward huck you know what I mean? Like this year is his first year. He was able to, and he's showing his shit. Hey, I'm one of them. I'm one of them ones. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I brought it. I don't want Timberwolves fans to be like, man, through the wire picking on us. My team garbage too. Shit, we had to trade Chris Steps. It just nah, is. I, yeah, G. I was about to say like, I think it, for a lot of franchise, it gets to that point where like, you you might just have like ain't shit working. Like ain't, ain't shit working. They didn't have. It's not like the first star they had with with uh well all star I mean with Angelo Russell yeah like Kevin Love Kevin Garnett Carthy Towns like they they he's been with other players like Jimmy Butler had oh you mean playing with Towns okay yeah just like they've had like different scenarios they had where they had Andrew Wiggins Zach Levine and Cat they were like okay we're gonna try to make this trio work had the trio with Jimmy Butler and it's just all these things have not worked I think it does get to a point where a franchise has to be like. We just got to move on. You know, it's time for us to get to that next chapter because, you know, being they, they, they've they been at the bottom for a while now, right? There is no – it's almost no expectations for them unless, like, damn, Malik Beasley's going to have a different jump this season or some shit like that. I think it's just kind of hard sometimes when you do have, like, a top 15 player on your team. You, it's kind of hard for you to be like, all right, it ain't working. Let's move on from it because you know how good he is and you just feel like, damn, I'm not really going to get anything back in return that's – as good as him, but yeah, I, I think he's got to start looking at it like that's not what we need. We just looking to restart, get a new direction, and just mm-hmm. completely clean house. But you're gonna get a few first rounders back for Carnegie Town. You know, I agree, I agree, but I also think it's progressive for franchises to look themselves in the mirror. Yeah. It's not gonna be easy to get trade and cat. I ain't just saying give them away, but like Mike was just saying, they've tried a lot of different things. Like this has been something you've attempted to work with. And it's better to do something now while you can and y'all can be on a good page before you like y'all really gonna put this man in a situation where he has to literally come to y'all and request a trade when y'all know the man ain't really played any competitive basketball in his life. Like the reality, that's what happens. Like he's gonna stay loyal while he's under contract. And in the last two years or so, the Anthony Davis type shit happens where the team doesn't want to face the reality. We can't get better. We're not that good. And we're just going to act like we can. And then the dude's going to be like, hey, trade me. Because, look. The only thing you can really hope for is that they, if they do trade them, they get something back in return, unlike the Kevin Love trade, unlike the Kevin Garnett trade. You know? Because those two trades didn't turn out to do a goddamn thing at all. What they get for KG? How Jefferson? The Bastards? Nothing. Gerald Green? Nothing. I think I remember that trap. Top of my dome. Come on, man. Give me some. Be- before Kevin we end this episode... Wiggins. Kevin Love was Wiggins, and like, was it just Wiggins? Was it straight one for one, or did they get a pick? In it was too? Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and uh, <laughs> look, look, me and Mike both like because Anthony Bennett, bro. What does that man do? Yep, and it was one more person, can't remember, but yeah, it was that Anthony. shit was so wild, bro. Because the, the real, I'm it up now. the OG, no, Kevin Love used to be a damn. 30-20 machine in Minnesota. And for you to like yeah. be getting that up. In for like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. YP looking it up. Um, before we end the episode, I want to go around the horn. We're going to take a page out of TNT's book. And we're about a month into the season, a fourth of the way through the season, actually. Um, 
we're gonna play who we play for. I'm gonna say some names around the horn. Daddy is young. Wait, no, no, sorry. <laughs> around the horn. Yeah, it was Anthony Bennett and Wiggins. Hmm. Y'all tell y'all tell me who we play for, all right? Mike, Wesley Owandu, who he play for? The Magic. Can I steal his points? Can I steal his points? You could. The Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. Pierre, Jalen McDaniels. Jalen plays for the Hornets, and Jaden plays for the Timberwolves. I might have mixed them up. Oh, okay, cool. Derek, um, each one more. <laughs> I just saw him. Can I steal? Can I steal? Wait, let him give a guess first. Wait, wait, wait. I'm giving you 10 seconds to to put a guess in. Got it, Mills. Let's go, Mills. Get some points, boy. Is he with the Pels? Incorrect. He's with the Suns. He is with the Suns. Phoenix Suns. Mike, who does Tory Craig play for? The Bucks. Okay. Um, Pierre, who does Langston Galloway play for? Phoenix Suns. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Shooters. Derek, who does Alex Lynn play for? Oh, the Raptors. Incorrect. No, no, no. Hey, give my man another try. <laughs> oh, he, he just got bought out. Yes, he did. He got bought out. Uh, you got it. You got it. Take your time. No, I don't know who he got picked up he's by. He's played two games so far. You, I think his first game he did pretty deep, did pretty good. We this, talked about one of his teammates. Eight points. He fouled out. We talked about one of his teammates for the bulk of the episode. Oh, Minnesota? Oh, Incorrect. Shit. My bad. The Wizards. <laughs> My bad. The Wizards. The Wizards. Oh, Bradley Beal. Okay. okay. Um, do you want to redeem yourself with the Jordan Bell, Derek? What team does Jordan Bell play for? Damn. <laughs> I don't know. The FIAs. The FIAs. He also he also plays for the uh for the for the Wizards. Oh, he does. Okay, yeah, I, I was he just got picked up last week. Play for the free agents. <laughs> um, Mike, back to you. Who does Solomon Hill play for? Plays for the Hawks. Correct, correct. Keep P- a job. Pierre, who is Yuta Watanabe play for? The Grizzlies. Incorrect. He plays. Oh, anybody want to steal? I don't know that name. No, wait, 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 wait. He was just playing good defense for a team. Is it the Raptors? He plays for the Raptors. Yeah, last yeah. night he was really big for them. Even though hey, he lost, hey. he was really big for them last night. Hey, P, you know who who I got to do that's probably going to be on the damn? He keep a job list for the future? Who? Josh Hart. He oh, yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. dudes, like, he just know what to do, like his role and everything. That rebounding is crazy, too. Mm-hmm. Six fat power forward. <laughs> they, are, they got two of them on the roster. <laughs> um, Derek, Frank Jackson. All the hard ones going to Derek. Is that a hard one? Y'all tell me. Is that a hard I, one? I damn near don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't played. think I know. I think he played for the Thunder. They waved him and he went to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Nope. Oh. A team that's at the bottom of their conference. The Wizards? Nope. They got a win against a contender recently. Very, very recently. We actually talked about it earlier. The Pistons? The Pistons. He got picked up by the Pistons. Um, Mike, who does Jordan Bone play for? Plays for Detroit. Incorrect. Orlando he doesn't? Oh, Orlando he does Yeah. Damn, yes, he do be coming in. A, yeah. I, I, damn. He did play for Detroit last season. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, I remember him because he'd be back he on Cole Anthony. Draft yep, yeah. draft combine. He That's was why I remember fastest him. Fastest shuttle time, highest vertical. Um, Pierre, who does Glenn Robinson like- the third play for? <laughs> I don't know that one either. Shout out to my boy Dan Poneman. That's his that's his client. So I'll be seeing him on the timeline. But uh uh-uh, man. Uh Glenn Robinson the third, his ass. Where are we playing for Windy City Bulls? But uh <laughs> he played for the Sacramento Kings. Correct, correct. Um, and the last one we got, Derek. Who does Isaiah Hartenstein play for? The backup to one of the best beings. Oh, yeah, he plays. Isaiah Harden. Isn't he a rookie? Nope. No. He's another client of Dan Parliament, though. <laughs> Is he really? Yes. Oh, wow. Why the hell are his clients, though, <laughs> we play for, too? 
you say he's a backup one of the best. Technically, yeah, but he very rarely get minutes. Honestly, this backup so damn good they don't need a backup. Honestly, I mean his the starter is so damn good they don't need a backup. Yep. Center, if that helps. No, Jokic. Jokic. I mean, he doesn't play for Jokic. He plays with Jokic. But yes, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. That's it. That's, um, that's a hard one. No, I like that, bro. You guys gave me that. Jeff, I think it was Jeff Teague. I was like, damn, where the hell yeah. my man's been playing? Because you could you could kind of like remember him in a jersey or like remember him play, but it'd be it'd be weird trying to like pinpoint it. And he's been bad too. Mm-hmm. He's been bad too. Oh, Jeff yeah. Teague. Ah. Uh. Jeff T played for Celtics, right? Yep. About to get his minutes taken away by a rookie once that rookie come back from injury. All right, that's where we'll end the episode, y'all. We appreciate you watching, listening, whatever. Five stars, leave a like, all those type of things. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Peace.